Ten years ago, I took a class with a friend of mine in Jewish theology. I, I believe that whatever I learn about things Jewish, I learn about my own faith because we're so intimately connected. So there was an Orthodox rabbi in Berkeley who was teaching uh, Moses and Noah and all those folks. And I, I went there and sat, and he knew I was a priest, and once or twice we talked shop. I thought that was quite a one, kind of wonderful. Whenever there was a question about Christianity in the class, he deferred to me, which was a little embarrassing because he usually knew more than I did. Uh, but he was an elegant scholar, wonderful gentleman. And questions would come up, and, and on one occasion he was talking about stuff, and someone raised her hand and said, Rabbi, what is a blessing? Well, I think on my feet, and I would have said something snappy like, a blessing is the good housekeeping seal of approval. You know, next, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Rabbis don't do that. There is a rabbinical tradition where you never answer a question fast, first of all. Number two, you never answer a direct question with a direct answer. If you do that, people memorize your answers and never learn how to think, you know? You cannot teach in sound bites. It's just no good. What you try to do is when someone asks you a question, you answer with a question. So if the question is something like, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? A good rabbi would say, Whose picture's on the coin? Caesar's. Give it to him, you know? <laughs> Rabbi, what's the greatest commandment? You're a lawyer, you tell me. Oh. Well, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart and strength, mind and soul, and your neighbor yourself. You're right. Who's my neighbor? Well, now, if you can't answer with a question, you tell a story. A man was going on the road to Jericho and got It's very interesting stuff. Anyway, there I was in Berkeley 10 years ago, and this exact same teaching method was being used. The question was, what's, what's a blessing? And the rabbi stopped, and he fooled with his beard, and he said, uh, when God created the universe, God created the earth in six days. And at the end of each day of creation, God looked at what God had made and said, this is good, this is good. God created light and said it was good, and God created avocados and said they were good, and God created water and said it was good and all that stuff. And on the sixth day, God created the human being and didn't say anything. And the rabbi said, any conclusions? And someone said, people are no good. And the rabbi said, well, it's a possible conclusion, but that's why it's a bad translation. He said, good in English means too many things. A good apple, have a good day, a good book, the good book, a good person for a good time call. It's very, very strange, you know, what good means in English. 
And then he said, in Hebrew, and then he looked over at me and said, which is what God spoke. <laughs> God looked at what God had made and said, this is tov, T-O-V, tov. He says, what does tov mean? Well, tov means something's complete. Tov means something's entire. Tov means something is whole. Tov means it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. It can't be any different. Cantaloupes are tov. The earth is tov. Fish are tov. But people, we're not created complete. We're created real undone. We're created with lots of empty places. We're created with jagged edges. We've got lots to do in the course of a lifetime. We're born male. We have to do a lot of work to become men. We're born female. We have to do a lot of work to become women. We're born male, female. We have to do an awful lot of stuff to become human beings. Then the rabbi said, as we're on the journey, as we're trudging the road. Anything that gets behind us and pushes us ahead, anything that gets in front of us and drags us into the next set of circumstances, anything that gets down deep inside of us where it's cold and brittle and narrow and pushes and shoves and kicks and breaks until suddenly there's much more room and a lot more light. Anything that does that, said the rabbi, is a blessing. And sometimes blessings don't feel very good. And sometimes we don't know it's a blessing for years until we look back on a situation that we knew was going to kill us and we find out that instead it opened up doors that we never even knew were there. When the rabbi said that, something fell into place in my own head theologically and I came to understand that my alcoholism has been the greatest blessing of my life because it found me as someone who was very rigid, very full of despair, full of bigotry and cynicism. All those things are still there, but because of rooms like these and people like you, there is much more room for a lot more that's there and my life has been able to be transformed. It still needs work. I'm still a mess on a fairly regular basis. I think of drinking, robbing banks, shooting people. <laughs> I just don't do them today. Mm -hmm. There's a whole long list of things I don't do today. <laughs> and when I'm reminded it's a day at a time, it's usually easier. 
What a speaker is supposed to do at a gathering like this for Alcoholics Anonymous is share experience, strength, and hope. And here's mine. Um, I was at a meeting. A woman came to the meeting having a bad day. I disliked her and started to preach at her. I know that never happens in Maryland, but... I ended my little sermonette with, keep coming back, it gets better. This was in Northern Europe. She looked at me and said, we do not say that in New York. I said, what do you say in New York? She said, in New York, we say, keep coming back. First, it gets better. Then it gets worse. Then it gets real. Then it gets different. Then it gets real different. (laughs) And real different for me is a life where when I go to a lot of meetings, when I don't drink in between meetings, and when I don't use no dope, (laughs) one day at a time I can become a person who is capable of working and loving and playing. Thank you a lot.